You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So, here you are. Too foreign for home. Too foreign for here. Never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo. Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Jan. Welcome to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR program produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Diaspora Blues also airs on Tuesdays at 3.30pm on Radio Skid Row, a community radio station in Sydney. My name is Ayan Shirwa. I have playlists for every occasion. Heartbreak, joy, going out, memory lane. Like I guess this week, I used to also create mixtapes for friends and family. I reckon we all have, but Jessica Ibakashi did something different. She put words to the endorphins that you get when you listen to music that hits your soul. That's why this week's episode is inspired by the vignette she wrote for the Emerging Writers Festival. Her piece, Fill Your Feels Girl, is a discussion of today's show and I'm so excited for you to hear from this gorgeous human being. Just an FYI, there will be lots of tears so please have some tissues on hand by. We open our show with an introduction from Jessica herself. I am a Chilean-Australian first-generation woman. So I was born in Perth, Western Australia, to Chilean parents who came over from Chile during the 1980s um, Pinochet dictatorship. Um, And that's where I grew up. And then I moved over... um, from Perth to Melbourne about six, seven years ago. So I've had a bit of time here um, being part of the community here and uh, working in the arts as a freelancer, um, curator, producer, but also um, working in a few arts organisations. You said you were born here. Our show is called Diaspora Blues. Did you have any of those, like, typical migrant blues growing up in Australia? Yeah, yeah, of course. There was a lot of, like... um, learning about what my identity was or not really fitting in anywhere. Um, I grew up speaking Spanish as my first language and then I learned English as I started school. So there was a lot of um, confusion about who I was. But I think my parents made a really good, um, they had a big impact on me and so that uh, Chilean identity was very strong in me and my brother growing up. but it's still, I still have feelings of feeling misplaced. Yeah. What's the Chilean community like in Perth? Is it big, small? Um, it's small in comparison to Melbourne, um, but it's very tight-knit. It's very, um, a lot of people came over around the same time together, like on the same planes. Um, and 
they built the community up from scratch. My family was like heavily involved in building the community. Um, and it was sort of centered around a soccer club, but within that club, the Chilean club, um, there was a lot of like traditional dancing and music and parties and all of that sort of stuff as well. So that's what I grew up in and um, was a big part of my life. And um, yeah, it was because of that that I have a really strong link to my Chilean identity as well. So you said you were born here, but in your article, Fill Your Feels Girl, yeah. you talk about taking a trip to Chile. Do you mind sharing what that trip was yeah, like? Yeah, sure. So that was the first trip, um, first trip I ever went on, first international trip. Um, and it was to meet my mother's family for the first time. Both of my parents are Chilean, but my um, dad moved over here with his immediate family. Um, but my mum doesn't have any family here in Australia. So um, that trip was uh, mostly for us, me and my brother to meet our family for the first time and also for my mother to go back and um, see her family after a really long time. So it was a very monumental trip um, and a big uh, moment for me and my brother in um, finding who we were as as kids. Like I was 11, he was nine, but it was a really um, important trip in terms of learning about our culture and our family and uh, why we are the way that we are and connecting to our land as Chilean people. Mm. Yeah, That's so important. So when you went to Chile, was that the purpose of the trip to kind of relearn the culture or was it for other reasons? Um, yeah, it was a big part of like, um, there was a, a lot, I don't know if that was like intentional, but that that's what happened in the trip mm. was like, you know, experiencing all of these things that maybe like my parents talked about, but like we never really saw mm. um, or experienced ourselves. So just seeing um, how Chilean people um, interact and um, I think a big part was like the energy that Chilean people have in terms of like being very festive and very like... Um, just really happy that, that it was a different energy that like my parents always talked about. And um, that was like something I remember noticing and something like uh, the landscape was a big thing that I remember as a kid, mm. just like um, leaving the airport for the first time, like in Santiago in the capital and being in the taxi and just looking around and seeing really big mountains everywhere and just being like, this is so beautiful. I think at the heart of everything that I do is really um, being the portal for our stories. So um, I do really try and do a lot of writing that's first experience because I don't want to um, uh, tell someone else's story without first asking them. Um, so I do a lot of... Um, yeah, first experience story. So it involves me and my family usually. Um, but I think through that, our story is my story, is also the story of, of other people in my community and outside that community. It's, it's the diaspora story. So um, I wrote a story a few years ago that was about 
my mum being a cleaner and that was one that really resonated with a lot of people in the community but not even in the Latinx community but but also outside. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of people grow up um, with uh, certain things being part of their lives but they don't really see that reflected in media or in especially in Australian media, media, like Australian TV or books or films. There's still a lack of that. It's getting better slowly, but mm. I really want to help tell our stories. Right. Yeah. It's like you read my mind. So I'm glad that you talked about your mother because that's my next question. So you've written about your mother and the way you write about her, it's clearly someone you respect and someone that you look up to and you are proud of as well. For folks who don't know anything about your mother, how would you describe her? Um, She is like a presence. You meet her and she really has an impact on you. She's just got this really big energy. In many ways, she's like textbook Chilean woman, like very um, outspoken and passionate and yeah, funny. And yeah, she just is very kind-hearted and loving. And like I always joke about um, her having all of the love languages. You know how there's like... Um, words of affirmation, affection, all of those, she's got all of them, but in an extreme way, like her love just shines through. And I think, (laughs) I think that's why like, um, me and my brother are the way that we are. Oh, so beautiful. (laughs) Shout out to all mothers, but especially shout out to your mother. Thank you for sharing that with us, hon. Um, okay. So let's talk about the article. So I read your article, feel your feels girl. And immediately it resonated with me. For folks who haven't been blessed to read the article, can you give us a little synopsis of what it's about? Yeah, so the article was written for um, the Emerging Writers Festival um, playlist uh, project. So um, a few writers were asked to write about um, the theme love and then contribute a few songs to a playlist that would coincide with the theme um and the stories had to do with like the songs that we picked or music or playlists and and the theme of love and so um I've always used music I've always loved music music is a big part of my life and um I'm just like a very extreme fangirl of music I would like I don't play any instruments I don't I'm not musically gifted I'm just like an admirer (laughs) Um, and music for me has always been a way of like, um, really helping me with self-expression and, um, expressing how I feel about other people, um, and helping me feel my feelings. And so the article is about how that has been passed on from my mother who also has that relationship to music, um, and it's, it's been passed down onto me and um, uh, it's, yeah, about how uh, throughout my life I have used music as a way of um, expressing how I feel towards other people in the form of playlists. Mm. So I started doing that when I was very young, using tapes um, and recording songs off the radio. Listen, <laughs> <And> like... <laughs> the struggle of... <laughs> 
Do you know how hard it used to be to record? It's so hard. Like, you'd have to make sure everybody was quiet. Yeah. Like, I used to listen to a lot of radio, like FM and so on and Nova back in those days. And sometimes you'd miss the song. So you'd have to, like, record half of it. So, like, when I read the article, I was like, oh, the struggle. (laughs) But the beauty as well. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you'd wait all day for a song to come on. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You have to be there, like, ready with the button. Um, so I used to do that on tapes and then it then moved on to CDs and yeah, that was a big part of like my life in like the nineties and early two thousands, making CDs for friends and my brother. And, um, then it moved on to making playlists on CDs and then eventually Spotify, um, for romantic partners. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was, like, yeah, a real way that, like, um, I knew within myself that I was feeling something for someone and I'd start making this playlist as a way of um, maybe just uh, analysing in a way. I think, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but, like, really processing my feelings for someone. Mm-hmm. And then the playlist would get, would sort of evolve the more I felt, the deeper the feelings would get. Oh Yeah. <laughs> See, listen, it is a very deep act. Like, I think people underestimate how, I mean, maybe it's just for you, but I feel like when I make my playlists, I take it so seriously. Yeah, like even it's a serious thing. Like, it's a serious process, like yeah. naming your playlist and then coming up with songs and making sure that the songs follow each other nicely. Like, what's your process for creating playlists? I don't have hard rules, but... Um... I know a lot of people who do, and I respect that too. (laughs) You're so nice. (laughs) I think the title for me is really important. Um, So the title really needs to encapsulate what the playlist is about. Um, And then the image on the playlist is important as well. I like to use like a pop cultural reference. Um, But I think for me it's really important that, um, especially if I'm making it for someone else, that um, the playlist tells a story. Yeah. Wow. Look at you. You're definitely <laughs> a curator. Like, listen, your email signature got it right. You are out here curating everything and I'm here <laughs> for it. So I gave you a little homework. So I said, if I was to create a heartbreak playlist, um, what songs would you, Jessica, yeah. recommend? So obviously you and I have different music tastes, but are there two or three songs that you feel like every breakup playlist should have? Fitzroy Legal Service has launched a free information and advice phone service for people who have been stopped, questioned, fined or charged for breaching the new COVID-19 restrictions. Have you been fined or charged under the new laws or stopped and questioned by police for being outside? Call 0434 136 501. Weekdays between 9am and 5pm. That's 0434 136 501. Or head to fitzroy-legal.org.au for more information. You can also report incidents at covidpolicing.org.au. Fitzroy Legal Service is a 3CR supporter.
Welcome back. You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR program produced in Nam and played on Radio Skid Row Tuesdays at 3.30pm. If you're just tuning in, we've been talking to Jessica Ibakashe about playlists and heartbreak. Her story, Feel Your Feels Girl, was written for this year's Emerging Writers Festival. We pick up our conversation with Jessica as she gives us her top two tracks for a heartbreak playlist. Yeah, obviously everyone has different um, songs that they resonate with. But for me, yeah, there are a few. And I think um, one of the first ones is Nothing Compares to You. (laughs) Like both the Prince one and the Sinead O'Connor. But I feel like the Sinead O'Connor, she takes it to another level of sadness. That like, that one I listen to on repeat whenever I go through a breakup because it's such a like heartfelt line. Nothing compares to you. That's honestly sometimes how you feel. Like, am I ever going to feel this way again about anyone, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it feels like the end of the world. Yeah, it does. But it happens a few times in your life. Yeah. So you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you never yeah. learn from it. You're like, this time it's different. Yeah. This time my heart <laughs> is really breaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. Sinead. Yeah, um, Sinead. Um, uh, I did actually make the playlist. Do you mind if I yeah. have a look? Sorry. Bring it out. I will bring mine out while you're bringing yours okay. out, sir. Okay. So while you look for yours, I will share mine. Mine is so yeah. sloppy and it's so embarrassing. <laughs> so mine first is one of the songs. Hang on a sec. Let me pull it up. So <laughs> it's called Unrequited Love, my playlist. I'm so embarrassed. Um, please don't search me up on Spotify. Um, so there's X Factor by Lauren Hill. Oh, that's a um, good one. There's a few Mary J. Blige tracks. Yeah. So Not Gonna Cry. I love that. Um, uh, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Breakdown by Mariah Carey. Yeah. I love, love. <laughs> uh, you Were Met For Me by Jewel. I love Jewel. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Um, damn, I wish I was your lover. That's a good one. Like all the nineties classics. I'm a very nineties person. All my playlists are like either nineties or early two thousands because I felt like that was the most alive I was. Music meant something to me. Now music is just kind of like something that's played in the background. Where before you used to completely immerse yourself. Yeah, yeah. I would really get into the song. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) All right, so all right, give us your tracks. Let's see. Um, Cellophane, FKA Twigs, that's another one that just gets me. It's just like I think it was so relevant for the big breakup I had at the start of 2020 with like a long-term partner. I think that song really expresses this like um, sadness of this feeling of um, uh, why didn't it work? Like I tried everything, we tried everything like that that sort of hopeless kind of feeling. Mm. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Um, Godspeed, Frank Ocean. I've never heard of that. Oh, it's just so sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's um it's like at when you're at the sort of end part of um the morning and yeah, there's a line that's like, I will always love you like I do. And it's like you always have love for these people because you had this very intimate um, connection. They were part of your life and 
you were a part of their life and you shared a life together, no matter like if it was like a long term thing or just a few months or whatever it is, it's like it's a human connection. And so that love will always be there for that person in whatever form it is. But like, yeah, so I think that song really does say like, um, you know, I'm ready to let go. I'm ready to detach, but that the love will always be there for me. Mm, God. Yeah. So now's not the time to talk about Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same sort of concept, I think. It yeah. is. It yeah. is. Um, okay, so let's do something lighter because we were definitely in our fills. <laughs> so um, what's some kind of lighthearted pick-me-up tunes, songs that if I'm having a crappy day that I can listen to and just start my day on a good yeah. vibe. Yeah, I love that idea. Like I usually start my day with music and it's usually like that sort of feel-good um, songs that have like a lot of energy and have that like a lot of rhythm like to either move to or just have that positive vibe about them. And for me, it's like I also made a playlist <laughs> to, like, just process all of that. Um, it's a lot of Motown. I think Motown for me is just, like, it really encapsulates that feel-good music, like, right? It's just, yeah, yeah, it's so great. I, me and my family, we went down a Temptations um, rabbit hole, sorry, so, so random. We went to, like, a kind of like a music, not a music sale, but they were having, they were selling CDs and stuff. And we had never heard of Temptations, me and my sister, shout out to Amal. And we found a Temptation track and it was kind of, uh, album, sorry, and it was like Temptations top 20 or top hits or whatever. And instantly we fell in love. It's just yeah. such good vibes. Good vibes, yeah. And beautiful harmonies, beautiful voices, like... So it's one of my favourite genres, that um, Motown and soul. Soul music is just like, it, I mean, it touches your soul. <laughs> so there's a lot of like soul music, um, like Bill Withers or like funk, um, Stevie Wonder, um, Prince, and then some like newer stuff like Gold Link, um, Janet Jackson, um Electric Fields? Yeah. Like, that don't worry don't you worry song don't is you yeah. Worry. yeah. That's such a good song. I listen to music in the shower as well. Yeah, I have, me, like, too. The speakers. me too. <laughs> My family's like, bitch, you're doing too much. Get out, get out. <laughs> um a lot of Mariah, Solange, oh. Diana Ross. Stop. I'm gonna have to stop you there. With Mariah Carey. So in your article you talk about um how um your greatest hits like yeah. your Mariah Carey C D and I think I had the same CD Number as ones. well. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I think back about it, Mariah Carey was such a pivotal person yeah. in my childhood. Like me and my friends were so obsessed that we used to name each other after Mariah Carey songs. Oh, that's So there's beautiful. like four of us. There was Heartbreaker. <gasps> there was Fantasy. Um, what else? Heartbreaker. Fantasy. Oh, I forgot the others. But we used to walk around just strutting our stuff. <laughs> And recently I read her book, her biography. I haven't read that it's yet. It's so good, The Making of Mariah Carey. Like, it's such a fairy tale story. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Obviously, um, there were things that, who knows, I feel like it was glossed over, but I get it. It's her story. Yeah. 
but it was just good to know what she was thinking when she was creating the songs. She gives you like behind the scenes of where oh. her mind was at when she was creating those songs. Yeah. yeah. It's really beautiful. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for giving taking me down like memory lane. I really appreciate it. Your <laughs> article did that for me. So before I let you go, I want you to quickly talk about Yo Soy. So it's yeah. a collective for Melbourne-based Latinx creatives. I don't think too many people have come across the term Latinx. Yeah. I have. Can you explain what that term is and then tell us a bit about your platform? Yeah, sure. So the term Latinx has um, come about in the last few years, I think, um, and it's uh, basically like a gender-neutral form of saying someone who's from Latin America who has Latin American heritage. Um so we use that as a way of um, describing the community as a whole, um, but people feel f- uh, can feel comfortable using either Latino or Latina or Latinx. It's really up to the individual and how comfortable they feel. I always say Latina because I am identify as a woman. Um, I say Latinx to... Um, when I'm talking about my wider community, yeah. That's a really inclusive term. I really appreciate that. So Yo, Yo Soy, I went to one of the events maybe two years ago. It was at Loop Bar. It was oh, like a night of that poetry. That was our first event. Yeah. yeah, it was so beautiful, so beautiful. I didn't know you then, but there are a few like Chileans yeah. at 3CR. Um, and I think that's where I heard about Oh, yeah, cool. the event. So it was really, really lovely. So what do you focus about? What kind of events do you create? Yeah, so um, we started a few years ago and um, it's run by myself and Ruby Pivot. Um, and we felt like there was not really a um, space for um, Latinx voices, especially who were part of the diaspora. Um, there are a lot of amazing Latin American um, groups and collectives in Melbourne, um, but, but as uh, Latinx, uh, like first generation, second generation people, we felt like uh, we needed a space for diaspora voices too. So um, it's a space for all Latinx voices, but really does um, is very inclusive of the diaspora experience. So. Um, we uh, create opportunities or um, curate events for Latinx people to share their art and their stories um, and for our community and the wider Melbourne community to uh, learn about our experiences and also um, enjoy the type of events that we do. So. Our events um, so far have ranged from spoken word writing events, so like the one you attended. Um, we did like a DJ set a few years ago, 2019 in Footscray, um, that was like a block party vibe. Mm. Um, we've done recently in 2020, we did an online event. So going back to learning about tech, we learned a lot yeah. about Zoom and how to do like DJ sets on Zoom. Did you once do like a Valentine? Yeah, we did it. Yeah. I wanted to go, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was like, I don't know anybody there. Yes. Yeah. My issues, but yes. Yeah, that was fun. That was part of the Immigration Museum's Latin Valentine event. That was early 2020. Um, and most recently, uh, at the end of 2020, we produced a um, publication that was part of 
um, the multilingual Australian uh, Australian multilingual writing project that was um, solely Latin American writers and artists. Um, so yeah, we really exist as a platform for um, Latinx artists to express themselves and feel safe and comfortable to do so, surrounded by um, their community and supported by their community. Lovely. Yeah. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. And thanks for coming on Diaspora Blues. I really appreciate thanks it. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> it's been really fun. That was Jessica Ibakashe, one of the founders of Yo Soy, a Melbourne-based arts collective for Latinx creatives. Yo Soy is on Instagram at Yo Soy Collective, one word. Jessica's article, Fill Your Fills Girl, is available on the Emerging Writers Festival website at emergingwritersfestival.org.au. As usual, you can stay up to date on Diaspora Blues via our Instagram page at 3cr.diasporablues and listen to this episode as well as all of our previous episodes on our 3CR page at 3cr.org.au slash diasporablues. Before we let you go, we're going to finish the episode with some songs from Jessica's playlist. The first track is by Sinead O'Connor with Nothing Compares to You, followed by Godspeed by Frank Ocean. I'm Ian Shirwa and I hope to see you next week.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.